Hi, my name is Jack Tester. I'm the president and CEO of Nexstar, and I'm here in another episode of Leadership Lounge. And again, I've got Marla Coffin. Marla Coffin is a former senior vice president and general manager of Nexstar. She left Nexstar in 2010 when her husband and her decided to move to Singapore to pursue a career in the grain industry that her husband Phil was doing. So she worked here, Nexstar, from 1993 to 2010 with a small break in the middle there. And uh, hello, Marla. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. Great. And uh, we're reminiscing about Marla's journey here at Nexstar. And and, uh, Marla was the second employee hired at Nexstar. And Marla came in to kind of do the details at Nexstar. And I was the first employee. And I was focused on selling and board management and strategy development and of course there's only a two-person office so I did a lot of the work too but Marla was really into the details she wrote the checks you answered the phone you wrote the newsletter you did all that stuff Marla is that fair that is fair yes what else did you do do you remember in the early days the, the stuff that you had to do oh let's see well yeah definitely answering member calls was a biggie, writing that newsletter, writing the promotions for right. the super meeting events, writing the weekly facts and opinions, Ooh. and the fax machine, let's not forget the shrine of the fax machine that enter right. every member's number into the fax machine, so they got all of our topical information. So all the admin duties you had to do, you did all the meeting planning. all the meeting planning. Right. You basically did all the details of the business. So you could sell. So I could sell. And run the board. And run the board. And the board was a handful back then. They were. They, yeah, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> I'll have to get permission from my therapist to share that one. So, um, so Marla, you worked here uh, for a period of time, and then you were an extraordinary individual performer. You know, you always got your work done. You were, you were good at it, right? Right. Right. Really a doer, a great doer. I was a doer. But as Nexstar grew, you grew with Nexstar. And uh, your role changed. Tell us about that. Well, it did. Um, so I, I came back in uh, 2001 after my brief uh, respite. And I came back as a manager. And that was a, a manager of people. So I was no longer the one that was going to be writing the newsletters and answering, or answering the phone and taking the calls from members or any of the things that I had gotten used to doing and enjoyed doing. And I always felt like, I'm getting things done, and this is what I do. So now I'm taken out of those roles to do things through other people. And that was totally a, an adjustment for me, and it, it took a, a bit to figure that out and how I was going to make that work. And from the, you know, once I figured it out, it became very important to me to still control these things somehow and control the environment so I had knowledge of what was going on, and I started weekly meetings with each and every uh, of my direct reports and called them one-to-ones. And for 30 minutes to an hour, we met, and the, the goal of that meeting, it, they had to come prepared with everything they were working on. It was their opportunity to report, give me a report of what was going on, to ask questions. We could talk about other things coming up. But it kept me informed, and it gave them an opportunity to know I'm going to have this time with my manager and we'll, we'll review these things. And it, um, it worked. That's where the, uh, the, the listening, the support, 
They mm-hmm. knew I cared what okay. was going on. I ask a question, Marla. Yes. You know, when it comes, you know, I will say this, I'm going to say it again so people will know that you're an incredible personal performer. Your work was always done at a high level. I remember if I found a, an error or a misspelling in one of our communications, it was like a red-letter day. I was excited because I never saw it, right? I and remember. I pointed out to you. <laughs> remember some of those? Yes. Yeah, but very few mistakes, very few mistakes, and you were always on time at work and you're you you know you're one of those employees too that never seemed to have a doctor's appointment in the middle of the day you know you never had to go get your car worked on all the stuff that you hear you just never did it you know i know you were so you're very thoughtful right and so you were great with your time and you were great in your work now you're delegating this marla mm-hmm. and the work's being done by some, the same work mm-hmm. that you used to do and it wasn't done. It could not have been done at the level you did it initially, at least. How did you handle that? That was very hard for me. And that took a while for me to learn also. Give the person, here's the result we need. Here's what needs to be done, and here's what it should look like when it's done. But I had to get out of that space and you know, close my mouth from saying, here's how it should be done, A, B, C, do it this way, and totally shut up and let them do it the way they saw that they needed to do it. And that's where their ownership came in, and that's how you get things done through others. It's What job is it for them if I'm the one saying, here's what you got to do, and here's how you need to do it? Uh-huh. Did you find yourself... Um, did, did that in any way minimize you? Did How did you get through some of the ego that might be that this oh. person is doing the job and only I can do that job yeah. and I need to do it because I'm extraordinary or whatever? That's a good question, too. Um, and I can't remember if it was a speaker we had or a book I had read, but it was put your ego in a box. And to this day, I will bring that up whenever the ego is getting in the way. And I just... That was my motto. Get the ego, put it in a box. Put your, put ego, your in box. ego in a box. You didn't need a big box, though, Marla. That's... Well, thank you. But uh, everyone has an ego, and you yeah. just got to get it out of the way. Okay. When, uh, and that's one of the things, too, as a manager, when that's new to you, that can be hard. But once you figure it out, and you, the people at the end, you're giving them the praise for this thing well done because you know your boss will recognize that this happened through your management, but right. yet the praise goes to that individual that completed it. That's this warm feeling that only you can get and enjoy and feel proud of. So let's speak to that, right, Marla? Because um, that's important, you know. A lot of high performers are into individual accomplishment, right? And when they take on managing other people, it's hard for them to get satisfaction through the work of others, and hard for them to not want to take credit. Did you think about that? Yes. Um, so I think you're sad. What I learned, the satisfaction comes from the relationships that you've developed with each person, because they realize that you were there to make this possible for them to do what they did. That's where you get your satisfaction. Okay. Because they appreciate it. How, how did you How did you think through this one? Let me ask you this question. So, you had employees that I'm sure were very appreciative of you, and would say it, and would acknowledge your mentoring and your support as as some of their success. 
did you have employees that where that didn't come out so quickly? And then how did you, and were you okay with that? Mm. Uh, I did. One comes to mind. Other and, than me? <laughs> other than you, yep. And, uh, but that's where you realize, too, everybody's different, and everybody wants um, their their praise or kudos delivered in a certain way. And this person was very private, and I remember um, one day doing this public acknowledgement of what they had accomplished, and I thought that they would really like that and would just be this ego boost for them. And I learned from that person afterwards, they they asked me, why? Why did I do that? And here it was something they did not want that acknowledgement or public recognition. So that was an eye-opener for me to realize uh, people have different needs. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm maybe getting off no, from not. what you originally asked, but no. um, would you, you what just it, learn. What you said there is that obviously people want praise in different ways. Yes. Right? Some might want a little, some might need a lot, some, you know, public might be important for somebody else, it might be kind of embarrassing or like yeah. they're drawing attention to me and I don't like that, right? But I'm speaking of, of the employee that, you know, you mentioned that you went, it, made, it meant a lot to you when they told you mm-hmm. that this was, that your help was important. Right. What if they, they were still effective, there's, but they didn't tell you? That yeah. was fine too, and um, that's where I got off track. This person wasn't that vocal with that until the end when I think he realized his job took a turn for him and he was starting to enjoy it and it, but it wasn't until he left to move on um, that he told me what what a difference I had made but during those time the years he was there I didn't know right so it is so you know to me and, and maybe you know, it is a challenge, right, as a manager, that you have to get, you have to enjoy your success through the success of others. Right. Right. And sometimes that success isn't something that they're going to give you any credit for. Right. And you've got to be okay with that. You have to accept that, You have too. to be okay with it, right? You do. And that's a challenge. So for a personal performer, who likes praise? Yes. Right? Very much. Very much. All right. Well, you are an extraordinary manager, too, Marla. A great doer and extraordinary manager. Um and you started the idea of one-on-ones, at least as it relates to Nexstar's management, and I want you to know that we've translated those through to all of our management classes now, right? That's awesome. It is, so feel good. I think they're fundamental. I really do. Tell me why. It's just where you interact. You just It's just you and that person for that amount of time, and they know that you are interested in what they're doing and what's going on in the company. Mm-hmm. And it's just foundational way to communicate you know it's interesting marla um when i came back to Nextar in 2006 i was working for my home in memphis and i was a business coach and you were my you know i reported to you at that at, for that time for a period of four years i did and i almost want to draw this relation to a to a worker a field employee in our member shops because i didn't i didn't have a connection to Nextar per se i wasn't in the office i wasn't seeing you we weren't having coffee together we couldn't take a break and have lunch you know I was in Memphis calling members, and then that's what I did. And I draw that analogy to a service technician or installer who's out on the road all day, and they're doing their own thing. And then they're not seeing their boss, you know. Maybe they're driving by, they're waving or whatever. 
Um, but I remember how important that connection was to me. One, I enjoyed your company, and I enjoyed talking to you, and I knew you cared. But that one-on-one wasn't something I dreaded as an employee. It was something I needed as a connection point mm-hmm. to feel a part of the business. So I just I remember that, and I just wanted to share that in this webinar or this, this podcast here, that that it's not just so the manager can stay up on what they're doing, right? Right, which was why you started it, right? Because you had a little control issue, and you yeah. wanted to make sure it was getting done like you wanted it done. So you put these one-on-ones to be a kind of a gentle way to control and make sure things were occurring, right? But I'm going to say on the other side of it, it created a relationship that, without, I would have really felt disconnected mm-hmm. from the bigger picture. Well said. You know, yeah. and I don't know if I've ever told you that, but that was important to, to me. Yeah. So we continue to do that as a religion here at Nexstar, and uh, I still look forward to those, and I do one with my boss, too, who happens to live in Florida. So they're pretty uh, awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, Marla, thank you so much for sharing your transition from doer to manager to leader, for sure. So thank you so much for what you did for Nexstar again. And thank you all for listening to another episode here of Leadership Lounge. This is Jack Tester with Marla Coffin, the amazing Marla Coffin. We'll catch you next time.